0: episode 52 of glass of joe as always joined by joe malfa i am pj glasser joe no guest this week you know i'm watching sports today and you just realize everybody talks about march they talk about october and those times of year is really the great times of the year in sports but the middle of june you got the us open right now you just had the french open for tennis you got wimbledon coming up you got the nba you got the NHL. You got MLB. There's so much going on. So just us this week. We got a lot to talk about. We'll get right into it. And uh, for the NBA to not be in their off season, they had quite. The oh
1: my year, god.
0: Um, on on Wednesday, I woke up. I saw the news about Kawhi and Chris Paul, and I'm like, what, like, whoa! had to get hacked or something. Like, <laughs> for both of those things to break. 20 minutes between each other was incredible, and then obviously you had all these coaching changes. Van Gundy's gone, Brooks is gone, today Rick Car- Carlisle's gone. So there's there's so much uh, going on in the league right now. We'll start with the news about Chris Paul and Kawhi. Um, Chris Paul, look, if if he can't play, the Suns have no chance. Whether it's the see, Jazz. I
1: disagree. That's uh, that one. I knew we were going to get into a bit of a disagreement on. Before we go there. Quick backstory for me. I was driving down from Daytona back to Miami. and then to take my girlfriend to her mom's place up in Daytona. Um, and on the drive down, I was in the car in the morning. And I'm listening to um, uh, ESPN radio. It was, who was it first? It was uh, Alan Hahn, Keyshawn Johnson, and J. Will. And then it turned to Greeny's show. It was the end of the Han, J. Will, and Keyshawn show when the Chris Paul news came out. And then the Kawhi news came out. And then it went to Greenie's show. And he had Brian Windhorst on as a guest to talk about it. And at the end of the Brian Windhorst interview, Wendy said, that's not all the news that's coming today. And then 10 minutes later is when the rest of the stuff started to come out. So uh, and I'm sitting there driving on I-95, so I can't look at my phone. Um, PSA to all people, don't look at your phone while driving. I had mine in the passenger seat. Make sure you're doing that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I'm just hearing this in real time on the radio. And I was just sitting there like, if anybody was passing by me in cars and like looking over at me, they would have thought I was like some weird freak like making these crazy faces like, oh, my God, what just happened? Like, uh, just kind of reacted to all the news. But um, back to the point about Chris Paul, what he brings to them more than anything else, more than anything else, is between the ears, the leadership, the mentality. That doesn't get lost if he's not on the court because all he'll end up doing if he's – well, I take that back. If he's – you know what? Scratch that. If, if he can't be there because of COVID, he won't be on the bench. Um, I was going to say, you know, he'll still be there on, the, right, on sidelines. the sidelines here, you know, still barking at them. But that he won't be actually. So, yeah, I, I think it'll valid. be a big
0: <laughs> the leadership's a valid point. The reason that I think the Suns simply have no chance is I look at today's NBA and I think that every team that continues to move forward and forward has two closers. OK, you watch that Denver series and whenever games got tight, Chris Paul was always their guy because they focused in on Booker, and Paul was guarded by Capazo and he just ate him a lot. That's Philly's big issue right now is Embiid's their only guy. Curry's given him some great minutes, and he's playing well, but Ben Simmons clearly you know can't get the job done. Milwaukee, Chris Middleton's hitting some shots, but Giannis has clearly struggled with his shot in the postseason. Right. So because the Suns, if they don't have Chris Paul and they don't have that second guy, I just I think it's going to be tough for them. Even if they play the Clippers, who right. if they don't have Kawhi, they'll only have one guy. I just trust the Clippers supporting Cassidy. I feel that. Because of their veterans.
1: I feel that, and I didn't think that through, that if it's because of a COVID issue, he won't be on the bench. Um, but besides that, just based on their talent and what they've done, I've seen some, you know, prior to Chris Paul going super and over the last few games and being that type of closer, the rest of the game, their advanced statistics are better with him off the court and with other guys on instead. But then you start measuring clutch time and that's what he brings to the table. So I think without him, especially if they are going up against a Clippers team that doesn't have Kawhi, they can get by with just the one closer in Booker and start relying on some of the other guys to just keep hitting their threes the way they have been every now and then, you know, Jay Crowder, for all the jokes that are made on Twitter, that there is not a shot that he's ever seen that he would not like to take. Uh, he does sink some of the big ones, um, so they got plenty of other guys that you could run through on that team. DeAndre Ayton uh, just could feast in the post, I think, against Zubats, who again another subject of plenty of jokes and shade on Twitter. That Zubats, his, I mean, his plus minus is absurdly terrible, uh, and it has been. So you could feast inside with Ayton. I think you could get by. And I do think it's going to be the Clippers coming out of that. I mean, for the narratives that we've had about Paul George, the guy's come out with three consecutive 30-plus point games, and the most recent one did it without Kawhi. So I do think it'll be the Clippers coming out of that. And if it does end up being Clippers' Suns, I'm very, very interested to see what the Clipper team looks like without Kawhi in a full series against a team like the Suns, like you kind of alluded to. Um, The depth and the veteran – Qualities are there versus a young team. You could argue that the Suns are more talented as a whole, but they don't have the the veterans that the Clippers do. Like you, you can't compare the two. I mean, it's only Chris Paul alone who's bringing the average age of the Suns upward. So you can't compare the experience, and that's going to factor in. I haven't even thought about what a pick would be yet for that series. That's a bridge we'll probably cross next week in the episode. Actually, we're going to have next week also. By the end of of this episode, we're going to have to make a pick for that probably. If Paul
0: is out for the series, I wonder what Vegas opens the series total at. I think it'd be Clippers minus like 120. I think they'd be favored. But I'd I'd be interesting to see where they would lean if Paul, if they assume Paul was out for four or five, maybe even the whole series.
1: And now – this could totally be a moot point because by the time that series even begins, if Clippers and Jazz go seven, that series won't start until next Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. Um, so already by that time, Chris Paul would have already had, I think, eight days, nine days uh, of his stint away from the team. So you'd imagine that he'd be coming back in short order, but like, again, not enough details have been released about that. Um, and spoiler alert, as I briefly, briefly mentioned, we're not going to have an episode next week. We're going to mention the upcoming schedule at the end of the show um, so maybe by the end of the show, PJ, we're going to have to circle back and, and make uh, some predictions on what we think will happen uh, in these final games. But those are two massive injuries and, or injury for Kawhi COVID case, potentially for Chris Paul. And it's been a theme of the whole postseason. I mean, mm-hmm. the Suns get through with the injury to Davis, the Hawks are still pulling through, but they lost Hunter. And Trey Young's not hundred percent and Luca in his series wasn't a hundred percent with the neck and, um, who am I missing? Uh Joel Embiid is not a hundred percent with his knee injury, and the only team that really Kyrie. is fully healthy, Kyrie. I was I was gonna get to the nets now. I got it up on the screen here. It's 34, 21 bucks the moment at the time that we're recording this. Uh James Harden's not hundred percent. Kyrie's out. The only team that really is a hundred percent or close to it is the Bucs. They're only missing Dante DiVincenzo. So it's just been a war of attrition right now. And uh, you know, LeBron mentioned it at the beginning of the year that he thought this was coming. Um, unfortunately, it has set in towards the end of the season now. And you just hope it doesn't impact things too much. But it's the way it is. Mike Conley, too, for the Jack. I mean, it's it, yeah. the list goes on. But all the teams are impacted, and it's all pretty much big names for all the teams. So it's kind of balanced out in the end. It's not like one team has the injuries, one team doesn't. So it's been really, really interesting.
0: And, I mean, it makes for good drama because – you just, you, you think as soon as you're, you figured out which team has the advantage or which team is going to win the series, somebody gets right. injured and it completely changes things. I'm with you, though. I think the Clippers beat the Jazz uh, and win that series. Bucks Nets, ah, man, I just, I, I got to go with the Nets. Milwaukee not winning that game five. That just, you know, it's, it's that. That that showed me a lot. It showed me a lot about Coach Budenholzer. And just I think we've seen a lot about
1: Coach Budenholzer ever since he was in Atlanta. But man, it but showed us more was about Budenholzer. It
0: was, it was really bad. Philly's lost too, really, really bad. I still think Philly wins that series, but man, credit to Atlanta because nobody gave him a chance, including no. myself. But uh man, Trey Young is really, really good. That whole discussion about the Doncic and Trey Young trade. I'd still rather have even
1: trade of all But
0: like Trey is really not that far behind. That was a great, great trade. But look, the NBA needed this in the sense that they needed this kind of parody. It sucks. All these players are injured, but we talked about heading into the postseason. This was really the first time in
1: like five or six years. And I don't think the injuries changed that though, because in an alternate universe where everybody is full strength, I still think we would have seen kind of all this topsy turvy, you know, if, if we go back in time and Jamal Murray is not hurt for the nuggets, they're still involved. Like you could go through all the scenarios for everybody. It's not like only one team or another team were bitten by the injury bug. Everybody has been. So even if there were no injuries, I think we still would have had this parody still would have had this postseason. And we were talking about it before the playoffs. So it's, it's great for the game. Just like you, you, you said earlier that, you know, we usually wait till the NBA off season for all this stuff. The off season is sometimes more exciting than the regular season. And, for a stretch there, the offseason was more exciting than the playoffs because for, what, four or five years in a row, it was the Warriors against LeBron's team. Simple as that. So uh, now we're getting away from that as well, where a few teams in each conference could make it to the final. So overall, better products. And, uh, and it's been really, really fun to watch more so than the past years, too.
0: Uh, and then we get to the coaching side of things that have happened. There are like six job openings, I believe, right now, and there could be more to open up if Milwaukee loses their series, if Philly loses their series, Budenholzer, and maybe even Doc Rivers could be in some trouble. Of the coaching vacancies open right now, though, what job do you think is the most desirable? And if you had your pick, which coach would you love to see coach for X team?
1: It's a good question. Um, first of all, the two announcements that were made during that span of like 30 minutes with all the Woj bombs, uh, the Van Gundy move was not a surprise. And Scott Brooks not agreeing to a new contract. Also, not much of a surprise. It's just that it's just the way it happened that they were all back to back. That was like, whoa, this is a pretty big news day. Uh, Carlisle was a bit of a surprise. I feel like throughout the season, there were some rumblings about, um, you know, does Luca like the way he's being utilized and uh, Chris who has way underperformed his contract. Of course, he wasn't happy with the way he was utilized and there were just seemed to be some rumblings. Like they needed to maybe just mutually part ways. And it got to that point and they did Um, what it was one of those where I wasn't going to believe it till I actually saw it, but now we see it. And I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense based on what we kind of saw throughout the year. Now, as far as which one would I like to see, It's actually two jobs that just opened up in the last 48 hours, just making a little swap. I would love to see Carlisle with the Pelicans because you think about in his 13 years, I believe it is with the Mavericks, what he was able to get out of all of those teams. You think about a team that made it to the finals and a team that won the finals, never had multiple superstars. It was just Dirk and then really good supporting cast. The Pelicans issue right now, and you heard the rumblings today from the athletic that, the people close to Zion are unhappy with the pieces that have been put around him for the Pelicans. And you take a look at the Pelicans roster and it's Zion. And then there's some nice pieces, but there's no other real superstar on that team. And all of a sudden you're connecting the dots. You think about what Carlisle did all those years with the Mavericks. You think about the construction of the Pelicans. You think about how great a coach he is, how young they are. He can mold that team into the new Hawks just what we saw with the Hawks this year, that could be the Pelicans just as easily next year with the young talent they do have and the moves they can make in the offseason. So I would love to see Carlisle there. I'd love to see Becky Hammond get a job up in Portland. That would be a good one too. Uh, But Carlisle to the Pelicans, two jobs that were shuffled in the last 48 hours, that one really stuck out to me as possibility.
0: I I do. I like the Carlisle to, uh, to New Orleans. I'd love to see... Becky Hammond to Boston. Actually, I think she'd work really well. You go from one great organization in the Spurs to another great organization in the Celtics. And I just think she would really strive in that kind of environment with Tatum and Brown and that win right away kind of culture. I think she would, if she goes into a situation where a team's looking to win now, I think it would really, really be a good spot for her. Um, Another one possibly that could be interesting is I would want to see Jason Kidd possibly go to Portland and work with that backcourt of Lillard and McCollum Kidd, obviously one of the best guards in NBA history. Just playing I would that. like to see
1: kid with the Mavericks too, actually thinking about Carlisle leaving there and a place that he played Jason Kidd and uh, the fans enjoyed him there. And I think having him with Luca, I think that would be an interesting pairing as well.
0: That that's a good call. Yeah, there's some interesting openings. Look, as a Wizards fan, I'm interested to see who they hire because it's not a desirable job considering of what's open and what other jobs could be open and but at the same time it's a franchise that really has not experienced much success and it's with an owner who's very loyal and has shown that he's willing to give you some years to try right. and do things. So that could be an interesting job as well. But I, Carlisle, it seems like he still wants to coach. He just kind of wanted to refresh uh, and move on from Dallas. And he's going to be highly coveted wherever he goes. So oh, whatever job he lands is probably going to be the team that uh, that gets the best coach.
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned Budenholzer and Doc Rivers, if their jobs can be in jeopardy. Uh, Budenholzer, if they lose this series, I think he's absolutely fired. Yep. Um, and I honestly don't know if he's going to latch on somewhere else right away. I think he's going to have to go the route. I mean, granted, uh, Mike D'Antoni was older, and he wasn't sure if he wanted to head, be a head coach again. Um, so he obviously is on the bench with Steve Nash with the Nets. I think Budenholzer is going to have to take a year as an assistant somewhere just because you look at what he had with the Hawks and how he was the one seed that year, and then they, they just flamed out. Couldn't get past the second round. And now at the Bucks and all the talent he has at the box and going out and getting drew holiday and all these other pieces to go with Giannis who's a multi-time MVP and defensive player of the year and all NBA. And you can't get out in the second round. Um, I think there's just something that's going to be sort of radioactive about him where people will want to let it sit a year, go be an assistant, go learn how to make in-game adjustments for Christ's sake, and then figure it out as the head coach for a team the following year in 2023, 2024. Um, Don't know if he'll get a job right away. And then Doc Rivers that you mentioned, I don't see any way personally that he gets fired. I think if Philly were to be eliminated by the Hawks, even if they go out and maybe lose in five or six, where it's a non-competitive series against the Nets or the Bucs in the next round, um, changes will be made. But I think the changes that come would be trading Ben Simmons. We already heard the rumblings about it. Maybe it was past year, if it was in a package for James Harden or whatever the case may be. I think a change will have to be made. I don't think they could continue as is, but I don't think that changes Doc Rivers. He's a guy who's too respected. He led them to the one seed. You got to give him more than one year. Now, if they lose to the Hawks, again, I still think Doc Rivers keeps his job, but the argument could be made for him getting fired. I just don't think they would go that route, nor would I if I were the owner of the Sixers.
0: I agree with you. I think Bud's gone if they lose. Doc Rivers, they were still the best team in the East, and um, I, I... you can clearly see the improvement they made from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers, but this has been Doc's track record, and
1: I think it oh, yeah. really
0: needs to be real. We talk, themselves. we
1: joke about how much the players from that Celtics team have milked that championship. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, they, they have all these reunions all the time, and Kendrick Perkins is on TV, always mentioning When I won a championship with the Celtics, you know, all that kind of stuff. They've milked it for so long. So is Doc Rivers. I love Doc Rivers. He's one of my favorite coaches of all time. And people hold him up on that, like, Greg Popovich level. He's not even on Eric Spolstra's level, with all due respect to him. Because, you know, he he has consistently way underachieved, except for that one year in 2008, and he hasn't gotten back there since. Correct. So you start going down the list of coaches in the NBA – Forget about holding him in the regard of Popovich like a lot of people do. He's not even on the level of a Spolstra. In my opinion, he's not even on the level of a Carlisle who been there, done that with way less than a guy like Doc Rivers has had his whole career. So um, I love Doc Rivers, like I said, but let's pump the brakes on that sort of thing. and, And for all the respect that he gets, let's try to put him in better perspective. Like the players that have milked a lot out of that one Celtics ring. So has he.
0: I'm with you. Um all right, we got to move on to the NHL now. And uh they're in their final four. Vegas came back to win four straight against Colorado. They're playing Montreal and we got the Islanders and Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that ooh, that Islanders Lightning series is going to be a good one. That could go, that's going to go 6 or 7. Um it's tough to repeat The Penguins did it uh, three, four years ago, but the Lightning are just – they're really, really good. They got the best best goaltender in hockey. They got Hedman, Kucherov, Paul. They cheated the system.
1: I mean, it's a loophole that like – it's a loophole that coaches and GMs know exists and really don't want to do anything about it because they know in a given year they might be able to benefit from it. But their current active playoff roster, I mentioned it last week in the episode, is $17 million over the cap space. And they were able to accomplish that by keeping Kucherov and Stamkos out down the stretch. Um, We saw the issues that the Capitals had down the stretch where they were addressing uh, a lesser number of players on a nightly basis by one or by two, just so they could make the cap work. And totally on the other side of that, the Lightning just held guys out with all the big money. And so they have everything going in their favor. Um, I was stunned to go to the west for a second. That the avalanche won six in a row to start, looked like they might go unbeaten until they got to the cup, and then lost four in a row against Vegas. That was astonishing to me. And credit to Vegas for like altering the way they play. Uh, they're a speed and finesse team that can just outshoot you, outskate you, do all that. But they got grittier, they got tougher, they played more defensive. There were games where they shot maybe 18, 19, 20 times and let the Avalanche kind of dictate the pace, and yet they still won four in a row. Um, credit to them. Can
0: we talk I, about it, how annoying it is that they've been in existence for four years and they made the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I, those,
1: those long-suffering fans. I mean, mean boy, really, do they, really have, hope a they have a ring this year. <laughs> it's crazy. But what's um, funny,
0: the one year they didn't make it was that series they lost to the Sharks, obviously. Well, they should have made out, it. As excruciating as you can lose right. a
1: series – but, uh, boy, Seattle, the Kraken, they've got a lot to live up they to. they got a lot, lot to live fantasy. up to. It. And there's no oh, way they will. No. But I, credit to the Canadians for winning a game in that series. I didn't think they would win more than one. They got their one. I still think it's nights and five. Uh, they'll go ahead, win the two at the Bell Center, come back, win it at home in front of that crowd. Just way overmatched, the Canadians are. Carey Price, you could steal a game. You can't really, I don't think, steal more than that against winning this overpowered Um, So there's really no question to me that it's going to be the Knights coming out of that. But the lightning and the Islanders, like you said, very little doubt in my mind that that series goes six or seven. Um, I do think the lightning come away with it just again, at the end of the day, just a sheer talent powers through. And I alluded to it earlier and I'll touch on it more in a bit. We're not going to have an episode next week. So my prediction is for the lightning and Vegas to come through uh, and then From that point on, I mean, I'm going to have to think about that one for a long time, Uh, which which of those two teams I'm going to pick to win the cup because that series has everything you want. It's going to be a great series if it turns out to be that. So we'll have time for the following week's episode to get our Stanley Cup picks in. But for now, I'll go with Vegas and, and Tampa Bay coming through. And just like the founding fathers of the NHL thought back in the days of the original six, that one day it would be a team from Las Vegas and Tampa Bay playing for the Stanley Cup trophy. (laughs) Just play
0: the games outside, have the ice melt, you know, 95 degrees, June, July days. Um, I'm with you, though. I think they're the two best teams in hockey. This was probably – this could have been a finals matchup that we got three years ago, and uh, they've really been the most consistent teams over the last four years, Tampa and Vegas. So I think it's only right that they meet in the Stanley Cup. and, And I'm rooting
1: for Tampa. Because, like, for last year, for all the championships that were won in bubbles, and for anybody who wants to claim there's a sort of asterisk, there's no asterisk with the Stanley Cup. Like, that was a grueling time they had in the bubble up in Toronto and and in uh, um, Edmonton. And there's no asterisk by it. But for such a great core on that team, for the deep runs they've made, going all the way back to 2014, 15, and so on and so forth since then, they deserve to have a cup that's won the normal, proper way in front of a sold-out crowd. They deserve that. They've earned that with how good they've been for so long. So I'm rooting for them to get that moment that they were robbed of last year, of course, playing behind closed doors. I hope they get it. Um there's also a conspiracy theory dream of mine that I have that Doc Emrick's going to kind of come out the tunnel and he's going to call the Stanley Cup final because same thing for him he didn't get to go out properly last year calling the game uh you know from his house so uh you know that, that's a fantasy that I have that until I'm that told otherwise perfect. I still believe it's going to happen so <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um all right before we get into the US Open which is going on right now we'll talk a little bit about MLB and there's sticky situation because Bob Manfred's MLB can just never go two weeks without something <laughs> coming up. Um, Tyler Glasnow, what he had to say personally really woke me up because look, the whole sticky situation. I mean, I'm listening to all these things. I'm hearing people's points and I- I'm just like, look, I mean, people know whether or not, you know, guys are, are cheating and, and what, But when Glasnow said that he now has to completely change how he's pitching because the MLB, they're banning certain things, and he got injured because he couldn't use sunscreen and the Rosenback, which which he uses to pitch, I mean, that really opened uh, things up for me because baseball, things are passed down. Minor leaguers are taught a certain way. They follow the veterans, how to go about things, how to help them control – there are the balls and how they want to use different pitches and stuff. And to just change it like middle of the season. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Look, they
1: got to get the spider attack out of the game. I mean, that's for sure. Like that, I think everybody agrees is next level over the line. Same thing with pine tar. And that's why like with Michael Pineda, when he had it on his wrist and his hat, he got suspended. Like that kind of stuff, like get it out. Like nobody wants it. Even guys like, you know, Garrett Cole for as, guilty as he has sounded every time he has spoken into a microphone the last couple of weeks. Uh, he brought up a good point yesterday. I think it was where, you know, get us on the phone, get me on the phone, get uh, a a hitter like Josh Sandelson, who's upset about it on the phone. And let's talk it out. Like what is, where is the line that we want to draw in the sand? Um, we kind of agree that sunscreen and rosin doesn't give the pitcher an advantage per se on RPMs. It's just a matter of having a grip. But pine tar, spider tack, anything else they want to use that maybe that's too far over the line. And it does give you like a performance enhancing advantage. So but that's the problem with the MLB, PJ. They don't talk it out. And that's why when they get to the CBA negotiations coming up, I don't think we're going to have a season next year or we're going to have a shortened one because they don't like to talk. Think of how difficult it was just to get last season underway after all the back and forth that we had. So Bob Manfred's MLB, and that's the way it is. But I also, like, I have no reason to doubt Tyler Glass now, but I do find the aspect of him getting injured because of the lack of it a little fishy. And there's been some veteran pitchers who have come out and said, I understand his gripe, but I have a hard time believing that's why he got injured. And Tom Glavin was one of the ones who is, you know, obviously one of the greats and a stand-up guy in the game, came out and said it. I have a hard time believing that's why he got hurt. Um I have no reason to believe he's lying, but like, it just doesn't compute to me. Like, I don't know. It didn't really make sense to me. I don't think it made a, sense, a lot of sense to a lot of people. So I understand all the argument he's had about um, wanting to at least have a sunscreen in the rosin as do a lot of pitchers, but for us to cause the injury, like that's where I was like, all right, maybe this is just a little too far. And he's kind of trying to play the sympathy card and uh, try to get more in the pitcher's favor here. So that was just a little fishy to me. And I think a lot of veterans seem to come out and agree after that came out as well.
0: Fair enough. Um, all right, US Open. It's going on right now at Torrey Pines. So going into the US Open, there were four guys that I liked. I liked Kepka. I liked Shawley. I liked Finau, and I liked Leishman. Kepka for obvious reasons because it's a major and it's Brooks Kepka. I liked Shawfley because the dudes finished no worse than fifth at a u.s open he's from san diego he went to san diego state i'm sure he's played tory pines hundreds of times he was born there. yeah female <laughs> i liked because he's always played well at tory pines and he's just another dude that plays well in majors he's always right there leishman uh he's from australia and the poana grass which they put on is the stuff he Put- putted on growing up his whole life and that he's played on. He plays well at Torrey Pines. So those were the four guys I've liked. Kepkin and Schauff, have played well. Finau was plus three today. Leishman's plus one right now through like 13 holes. So U.S. Open, look, you just, you got to make the cut, have a good Saturday, get yourself into position for Sunday and anything could happen. But man, I-, I watched a lot of golf today and Brooks Kepka was just fairway green stress-free pars when he got himself into trouble and you're thinking oh and a normal guy would make double bogey triple bogey he makes that eight footer for bogey to just keep it at one stroke lost." the dude's just in a rhythm right now he looks comfortable when he was at kiowa you know he was just trying to persevere but you could tell he wasn't quite the same but today he just looked like he's back to his normal self and when you're playing on a course like Torrey Pines, a U.S. Open course, when the winning score is probably going to be five or six under, you know, it's it's the best players in the world. It's dudes that aren't phased, won't get nervous in the moments, that can play out of the thick rough, that can just hit big shots when they need it. And that's what Kepka does. So after what I've seen today, I, I feel pretty good that, uh, that Brooksy will probably win his third U.S. Open.
1: I have very little to add because I have watched zero golf and I probably won't watch any golf until Sunday because all of my attention at the moment is on the euros. Uh, And this is where like, I knew we would get to our divide where you will flock to your thing and I will flock to my thing, which is soccer and yours being golf. So I've watched very little. All I have to add is that I also uh, picked Shoffley in every pool that I'm in and bet him. uh, And I like what I saw so far. And I think he's a very safe bet to finish top five but I don't necessarily he's – just, he's just one of those guys where I'm not going to trust that he can mentally do it on Sunday until he actually right. does it because he has none done it yet. Right. Um, but I'll find out on Sunday when I watch my first golf of the weekend because, like I said, all my attention at the moment, squarely on the Euros, and it's been a very fun tournament. It's been a scary tournament with what happened at Christian Erickson. Yeah. Um How's but- the
0: United States doing?
1: Uh, the United States, they haven't been part of Europe, I guess, since 1775, technically. so well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> They're not in the Euros, but they did So they have haven't lost. Game. So they haven't
0: they lost. They haven't lost. That's
1: good. They haven't lost, but they had that big game uh, 10 days ago now against Mexico in the Nations League when they won 3-2 to two in extra time, and uh, everybody was going nuts. And it's a sign of things to come for a very, very bright up-and-coming team that I believe when the next world rankings come out, will crack the top 15. And it's only up from there, so... All looking good on, on the U.S.'s front, too.
0: Man, if the U.S., like, if they actually did something in the World Cup, this place would be. I mean, United States would be nuts. Be crazy.
1: It'd be, it'd be, it'd be nuts. It'd be awesome. And, and, like, we're getting closer and closer to that point. Like
0: 2022, right? When
1: they beat it's when it's coming up. 2022, December, it's coming up. Um, but, I mean, like, in the sense of – I mean, look, because they missed the 2018 World Cup, and this is a tangent that I didn't think we were going to go down, but I'll always embrace this conversation any day of the week – 2018, missing the World Cup made us kind of forget how crazed this country gets when the U.S. men's national team's at a World Cup. Every time they played during the 2014 World Cup, the country came to a standstill that was everything that was going on on Twitter, on TV, all over the place. And that's when the team was okay. Uh, The team that time around was favored to get out of – not favored to get out of the group, but there was a good belief they'd get out of the group. They were in the group of death with Germany, with Portugal – and Ghana, with, uh, Ghana yes, that's, that was the other one. And it was the toughest group of the tournament. They get out of it. Places go nuts. You had the Tim Howard game where they should have won it late in that one. They lose to Belgium. Um,
0: Chris Wondolowski, and think of how –
1: oh, my God. Think, think of how crazy the country was at that time. And now the team is light years better. If you put their current starting 11 from the Mexico game last week, against the starting 11 in that Belgium game, the current team would win by two goals, in my opinion. So it's going in that direction. All the bright young stars are playing on all the biggest teams in Europe. So we're, we're getting there, and I'm excited nice. for the World Cup. Who's our coach? Uh, but the Euros have been a nice appetizer. The coach is uh, Greg Berhalter. He used to be the coach of the Columbus crew. So not a big name. Uh, yeah. I think come the next World Cup cycle in 2026, I think Jesse Marsh will be the head coach. He's currently the head coach of, uh, Red Bull Leipzig in the Bundesliga and he is the first uh, American head coach out there so he is doing really big things in the coaching ranks and I could go on about this all day and so I'm not I, you I, because it's- I <laughs> had asked
0: I didn't know if it was Bruce Serena if he was back for his fifth stint with the team no god oh, no okay. that,
1: that 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 name is not to be uttered again in the history of this podcast going forward <laughs> and that's it Sounds good. um all right, nor you- is the nation of Trinidad and Tobago no offense to anybody who's from Trinidad but that's just Bad memories, it's bad memories when it comes to that. So, uh,
0: so yeah, <laughs> um, all right, trivia time. You're up by two, 21 to 19. I have a golf question for you. I don't know what you have for me.
1: Right. I went NBA for you because I figured golf was too obvious and easy. And I went yeah. golf, I think, last week. So,
0: um, all right, my golf question for you. So, when we've done golf, it's all been players based, but my question for you is courses based. So, since 2011, not including Tory Pines this year, 2011 through 2020, can you name five of the 10 venues where the US Open has been played?
1: Since um, you said since the last time it was at Tory Pines? No, since
0: 2011. Since
1: 2011? Yes. Okay. Because I wanted to try to and do the, the
0: the decade. The
1: Okay. So um, in this decade, the US Open golf courses.
0: Let me see where the US Open was. Um, okay. So yeah. So Torrey Pines was in 08. So they actually played in okay. So since it was in Tory Pines, there there's eleven okay. different courses. So if you can give me five of the eleven, I'll give it to you.
1: All right. Um go ahead. All right, last year it was at
0: – was it Pebble last year? It was not, but Pebble is one of them, 2009. Okay. It was okay. two years ago.
1: All right, in the last few years, I don't know what the years were, so I'm not going to match it to the years. Yeah, you
0: just have the name I don't
1: have to, but I know in the last few years we've seen Winged Foot, we've seen right. Pebble, and we've seen Shinnecock. I don't know the order. One of those might have been 2014, 15, you got 16. three of them. I know we've been there. Um oh god so
0: (laughs) those are the three i thought you'd get off the bat uh, give me two
1: more uh what are some other big courses that usually kind of get in the mix uh beth page black in there beth page black is in there that was the one
0: it wasn't originally 2011 and beyond but it was 2009 Right after oh, look at that,
1: I haggle myself into an <laughs> extra couple of years and I get one right. <laughs> so,
0: Beth Page, so you need, uh, you need one more.
1: Oh, this ain't going to be good. Um, you got
0: 25 seconds.
1: I don't even know if I'm going to be able to like, throw another one out there. Um, trying to think what's coming up. I know we have some coming up. Oh, we're going to back to Pinehurst soon, I think. 15 seconds. Um, is there one in Wisconsin? What's it called? Oh man. 10 seconds. I'm not going to get it in time. Five seconds. Uh, No, screw it. I'm done. All right.
0: Joe, you had it. Pinehurst was one of them. 2014. Is it one of them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> so you got Wingfoot. That was last year, 2020. Pebble was 2019. Shinnecock was 2018. The one in Wisconsin, you're probably thinking of Whistling Straits. The PGA was there aaron Hills. Uh, okay aaron hills was the i would guy.
1: not have pulled aaron hills aaron hills i might have if i had long enough time pulled whistling Straits, but it wouldn't have been right anyway so right uh
0: oakmont was one of the ones i thought maybe you would get that was 2016 okay. oakmont's big chambers bay was the one outside seattle Washington, 2015 right? yeah, yeah. uh pinehurst 2014 marion that was in new jersey i thought maybe you get that that was where rose won 2013 olympic is in san francisco that was 2012 and then congressional which was here in
1: bethesda oh i should have gotten congressional 2011 i was so, thinking congressional so I, I
0: knew you'd get the the three wingfoot pebble shinnecock and then i thought it would be between oakmont pinehurst congressional and then maybe because you were new jersey mary and maybe yeah
1: that's that's a good question all right beth page sticks out because farringdale it's close enough to me um pinehurst i don't know why i I didn't just throw it out as a Hail Mary at the end. I was thinking of courses coming up. That was so
0: funny you said it. I'm like, oh, he's going to get up. I I was
1: thinking of like, I remember recently looking at like upcoming ones because I was like a couple of weeks ago in the office, we were talking about Shoffley being kind of at home. So I had time to kill and I started looking ahead like, oh, is there anybody else in the upcoming uh, tournaments who is is at a quote unquote home course? And I remember seeing Pinehurst, but I couldn't remember the last time it was – It was actually used for an open, so I probably should have just said it because I had strikes to work with. You had three
0: strikes to work with, yeah.
1: But, yeah, all right. Well, you know what? I got closer than I thought I was going to. I probably definitely should have got congressional in the end, too. So, Yeah.
0: I uh, I actually saw Mark Turgeon. Mark, 2011 was Turgeon's first year as head coach of Maryland. So it was in the offseason when he got hired, and he just walks right in front of my dad and I, and we're like, that's the coach at the university of Maryland and nobody knows it. Like this is literally nobody knows it. So there you
1: go. There you go. All right. So I went basketball for you. Um, simple question. It should be on the surface. Oh boy. Um, but like, I was trying to start to think back about some of my favorite teams and there are just some names I couldn't remember. So with Scott <laughs> Brooks now fired. I want you to give me the last five permanent head coaches of the Wizards. So, the caveat in there is 2008-2009, Ed Tapscott was in interim. So I want you to give me the last five hired permanent head coaches of the Wizards before Scott Brooks. All right. Randy Whitman. Randy Whitman, 2012-2016. Eddie Jordan, 03-08. Uh, Doug Collins. Doug Collins, 01-03. So one before Doug Collins and then one before Randy Whitman. Who
0: was You're between, only 20 seconds into it. Man, who was between Eddie and Randy? Ooh.
1: Like I said, Tapscott was in there as an interim, but I'm talking about the, the permanently hired head coaches.
0: Right, right. Yeah, before Doug Collins, I don't think I don't think I'll know that. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but the one between Randy and Eddie, I should get. Um Forty seconds, God. Yeah. Huh. Was it a former player? Minute it got.
1: Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm not gonna get it. You're
1: gonna get it. Tapping me. out. I don't know. You yeah, sure? tapping all out. Right. Yep. All right. All right. So uh, back in 2000, I, so I thought you might. I know it's a long time ago. But I thought you would get it just because it's a big college basketball name. 2000 2001 was Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton for a season. Yeah, Leonard I thought you might have just the known because, I never knew that. I thought you might have just known just because, again, like wow. we talk about him every year in college basketball. Um, and then the other one that you miss in 09, 2012 was, uh, was Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders was in there. I see. I, I thought it was a good question because I was trying to think, wow. back: like, Who were the last five Rangers head coaches? Who were the, cause they just hired Gerard Gallant? Who were the last five Mets managers? Who were the last five Jets? I'll get the jets head coaches really easily because they always infuriate me. But like when it came to the Rangers, when it came to the, to the Brooklyn nets, to who, to the Mets, like it had it's like, it took me a second and I didn't get all the, all the Rangers guys because they've had a good run of coaches where guys lasted for a while. So I thought it was a good one for you. Uh, to be honest, as I was looking back through it, they had some guys that lasted longer than I realized. Like, I didn't realize that Jordan was there for five years. I didn't realize that Saunders was there for, for like, three and a half years. I didn't realize that Whitman was there as long as he was. I couldn't believe it's been this long, right, for Scott Brooks. I feel like he's only been there a couple of years, but it's hard to believe it's been that long already, so.
0: Well, yeah, Brooks got hired the same summer where Durant chose Golden State. Yeah. And that, When we hired yeah.
1: Brooks, we're like, oh, baby, KD to and, and that's why it feels so long ago, because, like, since that year from that year until this past year nobody's cared about anybody else in the NBA except the Warriors and whatever team LeBron was on right so like it's just they've just been an afterthought so I've forgotten that it's actually male flip
0: Saunders you're so right
1: I was I was feeling generous where I think if you would have pulled flip Saunders I probably would have given it to you as a show of goodwill for you extending the the period and getting me beth page Uh, but you never came to flip saunter so i can't
0: believe leonard hamilton was the coach of the Wizards. yeah like i said i
1: i I thought you might have known it just because it might have come up in like his bio or something whenever you're watching a college basketball game never look look
0: at uh, him the same that's why florida state never does well in the tournament i mean that's why you always
1: come up short (laughs) they were 19 and 63 during that season so it was very forgettable um So, I I could understand not realizing it. So, wow. Yeah, I'm still thinking. I I can't believe I thought about Pinehurst being a future one (laughs) and didn't say it, needing one more, just knowing I had strikes left. Yeah. I I just got caught up in thinking about all the courses. And all right, well, I still got a two question lead. Um, Yeah. I mentioned it a couple of times for our listeners throughout the show um, as far as like the upcoming schedule. It's choppy here. PJ's going away next week. I'm going away two weeks after that the week of the 4th of July. Uh, so we're not going to have an episode next week. We're going to have an episode the last week of June, and then we won't have an episode to begin July, the week of the 5th through the 9th. But then from that point on, we are hitting the ground running on a weekly basis back normal with our guests because, you know, like, like you said, PJ, with all the sports going on right now, um, everybody's busy and it's not even it's it's abnormally busy this time of year because you think about this time of year we usually don't have nba we usually don't have nhl right because those series usually end right around father's day which is actually coming up this weekend so happy father's day to anybody listening um usually wrap up around father's day so it, it's even more so where it's going to carry us into the end of june and early july with those leagues as well so but after that uh, there, there are some names that we have coming up that we're very excited to get on the podcast and dipping back into a couple of older guests who are now going to be heading into their off seasons and uh, it's looking good. So off next week, the week after that, we will have an episode first week of July. We'll be off again because it's my turn to go on vacation after PJ's turn next week, PJ, you are going to enjoy your vacation next week and I'm going to need those golf picks from you. So
0: I will. I'm looking forward to uh, the travelers championship. That should be uh that should be fun. I'm a little bummed that it's the week right after the U.S. Open. They always get a good field, but I'm sure not a lot of people will be wanting to make a cross-country trip from San Diego to – Connecticut but uh yeah.
1: but hey like for, I said between rounds one and two, I'm, event. Gonna need it from you. I'm gonna First. need all those picks from you who's looking good on the greens who's feeling confident you're gonna have to go if he's if he's if the GMO playing you're gonna have to go to the tee box and yell way to go Brooksy and see what happens
0: Joe, <laughs> no, believe me I'm gonna be following all my DraftKings golfers if they bogey a hole I'm gonna let them know about it and tell them <laughs> get their get their crap together okay uh, look I, I know you're trying to win yourself a tournament but I'm trying to win myself some money too so please get your stuff together um but uh first first professional sporting event i will have been to since boy
1: caps hurricanes game seven wow i know i was there covering that game i saw you remember it was uh i was still an intern at nbc and and i I saw you dad online to get in top 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 rope I really oh, my God. The, I was that. working with Savannah. I was working with Savannah McCann that day. And for our listeners, keep that name in mind because she's working for MLB now. And we hope to have her as a guest coming up soon. But I was working with Savannah McCann that day. You guys were sitting all the way up in the corner. It was you and Davey. I saw you guys online trying to get in. That was the last. Wow.
0: That's a lie, actually. because You know had you to have been to something else,
1: PJ. Well, you, you had, had it, to the, have the, been.
0: The, oh, yeah. That's such a lie. The NFL that season. Was, I went there's no state state. way. That was the... Sp-
1: that was the spring of 2019. Yeah, that, that was you such a win.
0: lie. I forgot about football. I went to see the Ravens in Seattle, and then I saw okay. it all against the Texans. So that was,
1: Okay. That was, That's more like that it's was, still a long time. Still a long no, time. I haven't been to those game yet. This, it's that time nose again, nose again where we're getting back to those kind of like first, like I went to the movies for the first time last yeah. weekend. I went to my first like real sporting event uh, two weeks ago. I went to an Inter-Miami game against DC United down here. Uh, in South Florida, D.C. United, 1-3 to nothing, so yep. uh, I was secretly rooting for a team that I got to see up close and personal for a while there, um, but before nice. that, my last game was um, Maryland-Ohio State, January of 2020, uh, at Xfinity Center. That was the last one that I had previously gone to before a couple of weeks ago, so...
0: You know what? You got me tickets to that Maryland, Michigan college football game. I wonder if that was after the Texans. That might be be the last game I've ever been to. Yeah, might
1: be. How about that? Well, Well, yeah, Sharps were not good that day. uh, No, we were not. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) hopefully they're better this season. Oh, real quick before we go. um, One thing I wanted to circle back to with the NBA, um, because again, we don't have an episode next week, like I said. Uh, what would you most like to see be the finals matchup?
0: I would like to see Phoenix. Not
1: what you think will happen. What you would most like to see? Yes,
0: most like to see Phoenix because Chris Paul is my guy. I'd like to see Chris Paul versus Milwaukee. I'd like to see Giannis and Chris Love Paul, that. so that the so that somebody's got to win. Either Chris wins and I'm happy, Giannis wins or I'm happy. Durant's won his. Harden had to join this team to win his, so screw him. The Clippers, Kawhi's already won. Uh, you know, Paul George obviously is looking for his first, but I, Chris Paul is just my guy, so I like to I'm see going. It. I'm going
1: left field here. I'm going out of left field here. I think – I don't know what the ratings would look like. It would either be really, really good because people are curious or really, really bad because the markets. I would. I think a Suns-Hawks series would be the most fun, Fun possible series out of all the possible. Yeah, you just want to
0: see all your Maryland guys together. You got three. I don't know Maryland what you're talking wild. about. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. Okay. Beside besides the Maryland guys, I genuinely think a series between those two teams going so off the map um, of the teams that we typically see do well. You're going way off the map. You're going two young teams. that last year we saw what the Suns did in the bubble and we were excited for them this year. Last year we saw what the Hawks could be with. With Trey Young and the pieces they added, uh, we see the resilience they've shown coming back against the Sixers, beating the Knicks in five. I think that series would be electric. I don't know who I, I, it'd probably be a Suns in six, maybe. But that series, I think, would be electric. The fan bases would be a lot of fun. I think NBA Twitter would be just set ablaze if that was it. So I don't think it's going to happen by any stretch of the imagination. But of all the possible combinations that are still alive, I would love to see Suns off.
0: That'd be a good call. Look, there are some great Game Sixes uh, coming up. Oh. I mean, Atlanta, Philly, and Clippers, Jazz will be will be some big time games. So I'm excited for that.
1: That should be a lot of fun. Oh, plenty. This is great, PJ. We got so much going on right now. So much, Joe. And, I'm gonna uh, go catch the uh, the <laughs> end yeah. here.
0: I just I love the West Coast golf. I freaking love it. I hate it's it. I it. hate and the West
1: Coast golf. I can't wrap my it's head around it.
0: Fantastic. I well, can't Tony, wrap my head around you text, it. We were texting last night, and you're like. Uh, I asked you when you wanted to record the pod and you're like, how about we do at night, like seven 30. I'm like, Joe, that's literally right in the middle of golf. You're right. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's on the West coast. I'm like, so how about we do like 10 and you're like, all right, that's fine. I'm like, that works. That works. Awesome. All right. Episode 52. We'll be back next week with uh, a lot to break down. Still a lot going on. Two weeks,
1: not next week. We you just went over it. this whole spiel of the schedule, PJ. Do I gotta go over it again? I'm gonna log off. Or... Okay, yeah, I'm gonna... <laughs> your mind's on golf. Is golf, golf. It is.
0: We'll see you, in two weeks. See ya.